Satakshi lost her mom to COVID in 2021 when she was a senior in high school. She had the best relationship with her mom, and it has been very hard for her. While listening to her story, remember that Satakshi is only 18 years old. She has such wisdom and is so articulate. I was impressed with her ability to understand and verbalize her feelings. Keep up the good work, Satakshi. And now, Satakshi's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. I'm glad you're here today. Today, I have with me, and I'm going to mispronounce her name, and she tried to coach me, but she said she's going to give me grace. Uh, Satashki is from India, and bless her heart, it's 3.30 in the morning there um, that she is going to share her story with us today. Um, so she is one of the people that I've met online. Um, and um, she signed up to share her story on the podcast. So I am going to turn the mic over to her and let her introduce herself and tell us her story. So welcome and thank you so much for being here. Hello, namaste. I am Satakshi. I am from India and I am 18 years old. So uh, I'm really happy to be here that her, your platform is amazing. I've been following it for such a long time and I couldn't be more happy to share my story here. Okay, so my relationship with my mom has been the best. It's from the very start and from the very beginning, as I can recall, my relationship with my mom has been a very positive one. And, you know, when I remember it, now that she's in here, it just gives me so much happiness that the time I had with her is filled with so many happy memories. and. Everything that she did for me, you know, just, I have no words for it. Now that she isn't here, I really miss those days, you know, not being able to talk to her, not being able to, you know, go to her every time I faced a difficulty or a problem in my life, not being able to, you know, have her here with me and see how I'm doing or anybody in my family is doing, not being able to talk to her. It's, it's been a really difficult journey for me. So um, when I was six years old, I was, I, actually I was born with this problem. It had, I had an open heart surgery when I was six years old. I was born with a hole in my heart. So um, actually at that time, the treatment wasn't that easy for this particular problem that I had. Now, now since the medical, you know, the medical um, technologies have, developed we have a better cure for this problem but back in 2011 we did not have such great um, you know treatment for this particular problem so everybody told my mom my dad my parents that she won't be able to survive the condition is pretty grave here and you know it's like a 99.9 percent chance that she won't survive just one person point one percent chance that she will survive and my parents decided to take the chance and um, get me operated. And it was my mom who, to who told everybody to, you know, not lose hope in me and to just give me one chance at survival. Although it must have been very difficult for her, she never told me and I never knew that I was suffering from a certain disease. I had a certain problem, a certain anomaly. She never let me feel that. So we were admitted in the hospital together. She was me the whole time. And the doctors would come, they would tell my mom certain things that her condition is like deteriorating, she won't be able to make it, or do you want to go forward with the surgery? But the hope she had in me, and she told everyone that no, she is my daughter, she will survive it, she has to come back to me. So on the day of my surgery, she tells me that, you know, you're going to go inside, you'll meet a lot of different people, they'll be covered in green scrubs, but don't get scared, they're just going to like tickle you, you'll, you'll, go, you'll, you'll sleep there for almost like six hours, and then you'll wake up and you'll come back to me. So don't cry, be a brave child, and you have to come back to me, you have to come back to me. So that's what she said, and I did not understand at that, at that time what she meant, I was just like, I, I had to go in a certain room to meet certain people and then come back. That's what I thought. I was going there to make friends. That's what she told me. So I did not know how serious the situation was. But 
it was her who gave me so much power and so much faith and she told me that i have to come back to her so my surgery by god's grace my surgery went well i was able to make it i was in the icu for a week and after that i was in the hospital for almost 15 days post recovery and she was with me the whole time and she all it was you know her faith her part and her positive positivity that you know pulled me out of that situation her smile and every time she used to be like you know you'll do it you have to come back you you have to you have to be healthy again you cannot stay like this so that is one memory that i have of her which you know always told me that no matter how serious the situation gets your mom your parents will always be there for you to pull you out of that situation you know their their love has so much power you know any situation you know, no matter how difficult it gets for you for them you always you'll always do it because it's your parents you know that's how they take you for it. it's like it's like i don't know i just felt this power when i was you know going through that situation although i was very young but you know i had this that i had to go back to my mom and when i entered the ot my surgeon told me after my surgery that before my surgery i told them that please you know do whatever you're doing just do it fast i have to go back to my mom i have to go see her <laughs> i was 6 years old back then and i think this pretty in this incident has a pretty much a very big impact on my life and and it still you know it governs a lot of things and how i deal with things even now so back in 2021 corona covid covid 19 you know it hit india the second wave it was very disastrous you know almost every day a lot of people were dying the situation was very 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 bad here so i was staying away from my parents i was in a different city my parents were in a different city and i had recently moved there to prepare for a competitive exam so i was studying there uh, staying away from my parents and my parents were in a different city and one day my dad calls me up and he says that um shubhakshi your mom is not well and we have admitted her to hospital it's probably corona she's been infected by corona virus and i was like okay and just before like a week back my dad had recovered from covid and my sister my elder sister was still you know recovering from covid my it was just my mom who hadn't contracted corona till then and i was also infected with covid but i was away from my family so it was my mom my mom was taking care of everybody in the house you know all of us were infected by corona and then you told her you know that you should get checked because since you're in close contact with the covid patients and all of us are infected so maybe you would have the infection as well but she refused she did not get it checked and by the time she was in the hospital the situation was pretty serious there because she couldn't breathe without the oxygen mask her oxygen levels were very low and she was in the icu and i was in there with my family so i did not know what was happening every day we used to get a call and on the call there would be someone like that you know this person is no more that person is no more and i used to pray that you know just anything happens just god please save my family don't let because the situation here in my country was so bad so bad almost every day almost 1 lakh plus people were dying you know 100k people that's what 100k people or more casualties were there every day every day and you know people were running out of hospital beds the the medical condition was worsening there were no oxygen cylinders no for no uh, you know equipments to treat the covid patients the situation was very very bad here and then my mom had a history of dealing with depression also she had been you know diagnosed with um, depression back in 20, 2012 i was very young then so i did not understand what is going on but yes she did used to take antidepressants and stuff but she did recover out of it she came out of that situation and the things were going very well almost for for the longest time i could remember the things were going very well it's just that after the lockdown had the first lockdown in 2020 when the whole world was you know under the lockdown nobody used to go out no social interactions nothing that's when i saw my mom going back into the depression you know her depression relapsed 
it relapsed and I could see her situation, you know, worsening day by day. She started isolating herself. She did not used to talk much. She used to always, you know, be in a certain dilemma of certain things that she should have done a lot of things differently than she did. And, you know, the guilt was eating her from inside. So I could see her struggling with her mental health. And my dad was very supportive. We did get her treated. Her neuropsychiatric treatment was going on. And she had a history of insomnia, so she couldn't sleep well. She, she used to take a sleeping some sleeping doses. But, you know, my dad was so particular that he was so afraid that she'll overdose. He used to give the medicines by himself, you know, in the in the, in the doses that the uh, physician has prescribed and everything, you know. But after she hit, you know, after she contracted COVID and she was away in the hospital and we were at home, like my dad and my sister were at home. I wasn't there. Um, one day she called my dad and she said that, um, you know, I could not sleep here. My, I just cannot sleep here. It's, it's, it's getting something. I can feel it. I can feel it. I cannot sleep here. The vibes here are very negative. I, I just want to go out. Please take me, take me from here. Take me away. And that's when she said that, you know, maybe you should give me my medicines back. Maybe you should give it to me. I'll, I'll keep in mind that I don't have to, like, the perfect doses and the amount which I have to take. I'll keep that in mind. Just give me my doses that I cannot sleep here. So my dad was pretty worried. And then he, when he went to the hospital, he saw that the ward she was in, there, there were six beds. And out of the six beds, um, five of the people were dead there and the dead bodies were lying there and she was sitting in the middle because you no, know, the situation was so bad almost everywhere people were dying and she did not have a choice people here you know beside her in the ward they were dead people were dying every day every day and you know it was just so unexpected and there was nothing you, you could do you couldn't predict anything you know it was that one you're healthy you're healthy today and you might not be healthy tomorrow you might be at a very 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 bad situation tomorrow just things were like that so my dad got really worried and then he he called the you know the hospital management and he asked them to change her room so they changed her room but you know she was in so shock and she was so scared that she won't make it you know she had this fear in her in her that she wants to make it maybe she'll also leave like the other people so she kept telling my dad that I'm sorry, I may not be able to make it out of here. I don't think I, I'll get better. You should take care of my, me and my sister. And like, you know, and if when I'm not there, you should you should be their pillar and you should try to fill, take my spot if I don't come out of here. So that's like, I think she could have, you know, she had a feeling that she won't make it. So and the fact that I couldn't speak to her the, from the day she was in the hospital till the day she left, I did not talk to her. I couldn't speak to her because she wasn't in a condition to talk to me on a call and I wasn't there with them. Uh, I did text her one day because my dad told her that now she has the phone with her so you can text her. So I texted her. I said, mom, are you okay? I'm very worried. Please text me back if you get this message. And she said that, hello, bacha. Like, bacha means kid in Hindi. She's like, hello, kid. How are you? I am doing great. I'll be back very soon. Just take care of yourself. And I love you. You are my strength. That's what she said. And that was the last text message that I got from her. And I did not know that it would be the last. So the next hour, uh, I think on 30th of April, 2021, I in the morning before leaving for my classes, I texted her. I said, mom, are you okay? I'm very worried. It was around 11 a.m. And when I came back, I checked my phone and I still didn't get a text from her. So I was very worried. And I did not talk to my family that day. They weren't picking my calls. I was very worried. I said, what happened? Why are you guys not picking up my call? I, I keep texting my dad. I keep texting my sister, but they'd never replied. And then I thought that maybe they, you know, they must be busy. So I did not like, dwell on it much. I went to sleep. I took an afternoon nap. And then suddenly around 3, 3 p.m., 
i woke up i just you know i woke up suddenly i woke up and i am like my breathing i'm breathing very heavily and i feel i have this very i'm sweating profusely i'm sweating profusely i'm having i'm breathing very heavily and then i check the time and at 3 pm i i just drink water and i think that maybe you know i had a nightmare or something like that and then i drink water and i go back to sleep and at around 5 o'clock i wake up and i am just you know drinking water and opening my lecture again and suddenly i receive a call it's from an, a family friend of ours she calls me and she tells um sadakshi where is your mom i said mama is in the hospital she'll come back soon i she told me that she's going to come back soon so you can talk to her then when she's back at home she started crying on the phone so i said what happened why are you crying you're scaring me why are you crying tell me she said sakshi mama is no more she won't come back i said what you got to be kidding this can't happen she told me she'll be back like no she's not there is um, she's not there she's gone forever she won't come back and she's crying you know and i just can't and i my whole world goes numb i couldn't understand a thing like or i just did i never pictured my life without her i was barely 16 then and for a 16 year old you know you never think of a life without your mom it's just the beginning you know you picture her in every memory everything you pictureize of your future it has your mom in it and suddenly she tells me that my mom is no more she has just left and i say i drop the phone you know and i start crying i just can't understand anything thankfully a friend of mine had come to my room so she was there with me and she picked up the phone and she's like auntie why did you tell her she's crying what do i do now oh my god are you are you saying the truth is it the truth she's like yes beta it is the truth she is not here anymore she's left and i am sitting on the floor and crying and i don't know i just i couldn't understand a thing i i so i you know i i take my phone from her and i call my dad and he doesn't pick up he doesn't pick up again then i i got so worried and then i called my sister and she picks up the phone and she's like hello yes sadakshi is like where's mom i know she's not there and she's so normal she's like no she is here she is here you you've got it wrong she is here and she says that you know in, did you eat something how are you doing how's the studies going as i please i know it's the truth mom's no, mom's not there is it nay like no she is there she is there she is in the hospital she'll come back tomorrow i said are you kidding please don't do this i know she is not there i know she is not there so then she starts crying and then you know then she starts crying and she says that i don't know what has happened i just got a call mom's not there actually she didn't wanted to tell me because i was alone in a different city and she knew that i wouldn't be able to handle myself she even she was trying to you know make things okay by not crying and being strong and telling me that mom's here nothing's nothing's gone wrong everything's all right you should come back to home tomorrow then she was about to tell me you know first she'd call me back home and then she'd tell me that mom's not there anymore but i knew it i knew it now there was no point of hiding then i tell please please let me talk to dad let me talk to dad please give him the phone i she hands the phone to my dad and he says hello and that too in a very heavy voice you know like he's forcing himself to say that and he has a very heavy voice he cannot you know just he cannot utter a single word he's like on the verge of crying and said i won't be able to talk to you please come back i can't talk on phone i'm not in a condition and then he starts crying and that's when the reality hits me that oh so this is the truth so this is the truth she is not there she has left and then i and my wallpaper was of my parents like my mom and dad a picture of my mom and dad and i switched on my phone and that's her smiling on the screen 
and that's when the reality hit me that oh so she is not there and from this day onward it is just going to be her pictures she is not there and i spent the whole night i had to leave the next morning to go back to my hometown and i spent the whole night you know sitting by my bed and just crying i couldn't understand thing i just didn't know what to do i i felt so helpless and i hate feeling helpless a situation where you want to do a lot of things but you cannot a situation where it's like you don't know what to do now you have i am uh, in my family it's just my elder sister my dad and it was my mom and me we were four people and now my mom was in there my dad was all alone he had two daughters to take care of and growing as a teen i think having a mom is like is a necessity in this age i had so many questions i had so many questions i or wanted to ask but i i would never be able to do that again i had so many things i wanted to tell her wanted to ask from her so many things that i wanted to learn there was and i just couldn't do that anymore because she wasn't there she just wasn't there and you know people kept coming to my room they kept telling me satyakshi it will be okay time heals everything i was like no it doesn't it doesn't you cannot bring my mom back to life this pain will be with me till the time i am alive and i that that day was so i don't know it it was you know so dark there were no colors it was all black and white no colors i kept looking at my mom's photo i kept thinking where did you go and why did you go this was not the time she was barely 45 you know that was in the age to leave she is very young i say this is not the time to go this this is not how you do it you can you how could you leave like that how could you do that i just had so many questions but then and you know a friend of mine she comes to me and she tells me that satakshi you know cry as much as you want here cry as much as you want i won't stop you because if crying makes you feel okay you should do that so but tomorrow when you go back home you are not supposed to cry you should not cry you have to be there for your dad he cries he should have a shoulder to lean on you and your sister you have to be strong so cry as much as you want today but from tomorrow you have to be strong cry in silence just don't cry in front of your dad he won't be able to control himself my dad and my mom were married for 24 years and in 2021 it would have been their 25th anniversary the silver jubilee but unfortunately that wasn't the case so that's what i did i cried the whole night when i was traveling back from to my home i was crying then also i was crying i kept looking at my mom's photo and i just i the tears were uncontrollable they just kept coming out of my eyes it wasn't like i wanted to do that it, it was just something i couldn't help it just it just kept happening you know like it was very natural a natural thing that kept happening i tried you know i tried to stop myself that i shouldn't cry now i have to be strong and i think why the reason why i was able to think that was because i just couldn't accept the reality to me it was still like someone's pulling a prank on me or like it might be a lie or my she might still be there or she just wants to you know she's uh, she's pulling a prank on me or like she's having you know she's like she and my sister they are, they have planned something together you know just to <laughs> i don't know so i just couldn't i just didn't want to accept the reality although i knew that it wasn't a lie a lot of people had called me in between a lot of my relatives were calling a lot of my friends were calling so i knew that it wasn't a lie since so many people had already called and you know were already involved in this i didn't think that it was a lie i just didn't want to accept it i just didn't want to accept it so the moment i came back home my dad opens the door 
and he has after covid you know he had lost a lot of weight he was very weak i could see he was very weak and he just opens the door and he hugs me and he starts crying and that's when i realized ki okay this is not a plan this is the truth so she has left for real she is not here this is this is the reality then i go i i just take a step in and there's a pic, there's a family photo of us hanging on the wall so and that's when it hits me completely it's like are you is this the truth is this really happening she has left without talking to me i couldn't speak to her she just left like that and like that i just couldn't the word mom wasn't there for, i couldn't call someone mom now even if i did no one would answer me i would go i could go on and on crying mom mom and nobody would come nobody would answer me that word and my relationship with it ended that day it was just in my memories that my mom was there but in reality she wasn't so my dad tells me that we'll have to go to the hospital because mom had been shifted to the mortuary i never in my life i had imagined i'd go to see my mom in a mortuary it was the worst thing i just i pray to god that nobody should see this day nobody should see this day i mean i it, again you know the feeling of helplessness feeling of not being able to do anything just it's, it's it's pain you know and i we went to the mortuary and since it was covid 19 times we had to wear the ppe kit you know the full covid ppe kit it was so hot it was peak summers and ppe kit i was sweating and it was so hot sweating and you know the feeling inside and again the pain of this reality that had hit us suddenly all of these things combined it just didn't it was a torture that's what i like you know it was torture for me to stand there wait for wait in a queue you know people were in a queue there waiting to receive their family members dead bodies that and i was standing in the queue i was crying in the pp kit i was sweating again feeling i just cannot explain it i just cannot put it into words the feeling that i felt is like i why am i doing this what did i do to deserve this standing here in front of a mortuary waiting to pick up my mom's dead body and since it was covid you weren't allowed to go near the dead body since um it is uh, like at that time it was being said that uh, the virus multiplies by a thousand times in a dead person's body so if you go near that body in or you come in contact with that body there are very high chances that you'll contract the virus so she was in a plastic bag you know an opaque plastic bag you couldn't see it was just written my mom's name rashmi was written wife of my father's name and in that plastic bag there was written head foot that's what and she was in a plastic bag that's how and they pulled her out they put it on the table and i was like what are you doing just tear that packet she cannot breathe how how is she going to breathe she cannot breathe there you know packed in a plastic bag just 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 take her out what are you doing and that's when my sister tells me that that's the point of it she cannot breathe now she is not breathing that is the whole reason why she is there in that locker and that's why they pulled her out like that in the plastic bag that's that's the whole point she is not breathing and i i told you know i just won't didn't want to accept the reality so i was shouting there like please open her up open her up open, take her out of the packet she cannot breathe please please and my dad is just watching me and my sister is trying to calm she's like no she is not coming back she is not breathing that is the whole reason so and that is that is when i you know i completely break down 
I just sit there and I am crying, calling her, you know. But then we had to go to the cremation ground to perform the last rites. You know, even then, till that point, I was so hopeful that she'll come back to life. Magically, she'll come back to life and she'll hug me like, you know, like she always did. She'll come back to life. But we reached the cremation ground and, you know, my dad is performing the last riots. And in the Hindu culture, we don't bury the corpse. We burn the corpse. So the dead bodies, we burn it. So even till then, I was so hopeful. I was like, she'll wake up now. She'll wake up now. You know, just give her a second. She'll wake up now and she'll tell, what are you guys doing? I am all fine. This is totally useless. But, you know, and we were on the last stage of the, from the last puja, we do the puja. So, we're in the ritual and, you know, my dad is performing the last step and after that, she'll be, you know, and devoted to the fire. That's the whole point, to the Agni. So, even till then, I was so hopeful, I said, please wait for a second, please wait for a second, maybe she'll come back to life. Because I knew after, you know, after, you know, she has been, she has been devoted to the fire and the fire catches up, there is no coming back. Then it is done forever. She won't come back. Like, and of course she did not. So my dad has put the fire in and he's praying there. And that's when it hits me that it is done for. It, now there is no going back. This is the ultimate trip. This is the ultimate truth. She is not coming back. And again, I break down. I hug my sister and I'm crying. And I'm, I'm crying, Mama, Mama, please come back, Mama. Mama, please come back. And, but she doesn't. And, you know, there are people who are coming to console me. Like, time, time will heal everything. You have to be strong. Make Mama proud. But... Nobody could understand the pain I was going through, you know. They were just there for the sake of being there. It was just my sister and me. We could actually get each other. We knew that there is no coming back now. She has left forever. We don't have a mom now. We don't have a mother now. How am I supposed to go on with that truth? How am I supposed to go on with that truth? She is not coming back. And I don't know... I just sit there and seeing people perform, doing the puja, they're performing the rituals, the after rituals. And then my dad tells me it's time for us to leave. And mom is still there and we're leaving. And we're leaving and we're going back home. And I just sit in my living room looking at the family picture. And I, st- I still just cannot understand what had happened. It was... I just cannot put it into words. I was still there. People were calling me, just trying to console me. It's like, there's no point of it. There's no point of doing that. Mom has left. But you know, that day I decided I was just sitting there talking to myself, you know, how to pull myself up. Because that's when I started thinking that this is a non reversible reaction and it has happened. The universe has taken my mom. It is not going to come back. Now what I have to do and how I have to move forward, that's what you have to think. I just kept thinking, my mom always said that, you know, I want you, I want you to become a doctor. And, you know, and that's when I actually realized the value of a doctor. You know, in COVID, people were, the healthcare professionals, they were, you know, they were next to God. As they were next to God. They were saving people's life and everything. And that's when I decided that, you know, this is what she wanted. I'll do it for her. This was her dream. I'll do it for her. She wanted me to, she wanted to see me become a doctor, although she is not here and she might, she will never be able to see it. Maybe from above, but not here with me. She won't be able to witness me going to a med school, becoming a doctor and everything. She won't be able to, but I am doing this because this was her dream. And this is the only way for me to keep her alive by fulfilling her dreams. So now that she has left and my dad is completely broken, my sister and I, we were trying to pull, pull ourselves out of the situation, you know, and trying to be there for our dad. Although I think 
it was very difficult for us considering that i was i did not know how to cook i did not know how to do anything at the house the only job i had <laughs> till the time she was here was to study that was the only thing i had to do and to take care of my things like my everything that was related to me but now that she had left we did not know how to cook there was nothing we could do and we used to eat instant noodles all the time because we did not know how to cook and that's when we i learned cooking my sister learned cooking in fact my dad learned cooking so we learned how to cook we learned how to do all the house, other household chores like you know and how and we were like you know trying to think that how she did everything and how we are not even able to do a single thing we used to spend 4 to 5 hours cooking this one meal <laughs> and it was a disaster and that's when i realized that's when i realized that oh my god i took it for granted that's when i realized her true value you know i took it for granted she used to do everything and i used to just be like and everybody everybody used to just be like that oh so this is what she's been doing all her life and it's it, it it is normal you know it is pretty normal for her to do it and me to do my job this is her job she's doing that it's my job to study and do that but when she left that's when it hurt hit me that she did so many things and for everybody she took care of every one of us every single one of us and we never you know really thanked her for that it was just on special occasions like mother's day where you go and tell her mom i love you you're the best mom in the world east or west my mother is the best <laughs> that, that that was just an annual event and you know that's when i realized that you know to all the people that while you have your mom with you cherish it while you have your parents with you cherish it you never know what's going to happen next you know today i regretted so much you know i should have told her every day how thankful i am to i was to have her how thankful i was to have her how thankful i you know every time we fought or we got into an argument i just want to erase those days and fill them with all the positive and good memories where i i where you know i tell her that you know she is here and i am so thankful for it and hope that she stays there forever just don't leave me like that you know all the days when we fought or we got into an argument now that i think about it i just feel so guilty that maybe i shouldn't have fought with her maybe i shouldn't have done that i should have you know spent that time sitting with her talking to her and you know just making good memories not the bad ones where i where i resented her that my mom was like that she makes me do this and you know all the things that a teenager goes through where you <laughs> kind of you, you feel like your parents are your biggest enemies and the friends are the only things that will pull you out of that situation I just feel so sad for doing that i just hope that i could turn back time go back to that go to those days where i tell her that so sorry i shouldn't have done that you know and you know moms have this super power they tell when they tell you that this particular person is not good for you it is the reality they are not moms have the super power where they can just you know judge a person and just tell you that just stay away from this person i'd be like no what do you know about that person that particular person is my friend <laughs> and then later on you just come to her and tell her that you were right you were right and then you know that that's what i missed now now i i have faced so many like you know i had um, like i was obviously since i'm growing up met a lot of people on the way in like along the way and i have had experiences which weren't exactly ple- very pleasant and now that i think about it i just don't have anyone to share it with you know if she was here i tell her she tell me that what did i do wrong or like what should i have done or what i shouldn't have done but there is no guidance as such now it's just me on me by myself trying to figure out things trying to make my way through it that's what so a year passes you know 2021 the whole year goes but all three of us are struggling with this particular grief that we have in our own ways so my sister she seeks psychological help 
because she just could not pull herself out of this grief so she see she consults a psychologist and she goes to therapy things work out for her, her. now she's doing pretty well but initially she had a very down fall i could see her you know going downhill she was in a very very bad state and i don't know she was just very she did, she was a totally different person you know i just couldn't recognize her, her she was she had anger issues she started having anger issues she was very angry and cranky all the time and you know then she she would fight with my dad or with me but this i just think that today when i think about it i just think that it was maybe her way of dealing with certain things dealing with the grief and my dad he was spending i think days hours doing this official work he was so engrossed he was trying to keep himself so engrossed in his official work because i think that was his way of you know forgetting about this particular thing this you know running away from reality not facing it and just you know trying to avoid it for as long as you can not spending time with family with me and my sister not doing that just you know trying even when he was home he just open his laptop and keep working keep working that's what he did i think it was, that was his way of dealing with things and when it comes to me i think i i didn't say i don't i still don't think i have been able to deal with it properly and i don't think i'll ever be able to do that i don't know how to deal with it i just think that she still here with me i still talk to her just don't get a reply i still ask her things i just don't get a reply i look at her pictures and i tell her i know i tell her that all the things that have happened to me how was my day how is she doing up there is she all right is she going to come back and she never answers she never answers just look at a picture and i just talk to her that's what i do and i i like to believe that she's still here with me she just doesn't want to talk to me that's the only way to keep going so although i won't lie i couldn't concentrate on my study for a very long time the reason i took a gap year with this only because i couldn't concentrate on my studies every time i'd sit for studying my mind would go off you know it will wander off and then i'll go off track and think about my past think about my memories with her and just you know i my mind would keep reminding me of certain events that had taken place with her and i just spend hours thinking about it and not actually studying or focusing on my academics i think that happened with me but other than that i don't know then i think this year yeah this year my relatives told my dad that maybe you know he shouldn't spend his life like this he should find a purpose and he since he's so young maybe he should you know look for remarriage and um and he just that's what my relatives were trying to tell him that you know there's no point of spending a life alone like this maybe the past is in the past you should you know think about your kids and they need a mother figure you should move forward in your life because this uh, i'd be lying if i said my dad did a good job at being a mother he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't he he's a he's a very good father you know he's been everything a father should have done but as a mother he failed terribly at it he just he i'd go to him cry about what i was going through cry about how you know i was feeling and stuff and he's like i don't understand what you're trying to say be clear put it into clear words is like i cannot i am telling you what i am going through i'm telling all the emotions i am going through right now is like i don't understand this i just cannot relate to you on this level just tell me like this is my problem and this is the solution 
is like there is no such thing as problem and solution in real reality you know this is not a math problem so that's where i realized that okay maybe he is not maybe like the reason he is a good dad but he he's not a good father so i think i should just let him do his dad his dad job and not the mom job he you know and then my sister and i we'd talk about things trying to help each other because we did not know what to do there were a lot of things i was going through a lot of changes in in you know in reality also and since as i was growing i was going through a lot of changes in myself also and i just didn't have anyone to talk about it there were so many new experiences that i was experiencing at 16 17 a lot of different changes and i just didn't have anyone to talk about it not talk to i i'd call my friends parents you know they i had i'm so thankful you know during my bad times i had my two best friends they'd call me every day to check on me they called and that's when i realized that you know even though they were so far we were living at literally different points poles apart and still they'd call me to check on me they'd spend hours they'd call me to watch a movie with them just to you know take my mind off this thing and they tell me that let's do study sessions let's study together so that i'd study with them yeah and then i used to i used to talk to their parents and ask them about how to do this their mothers you know how do you do this and like how am i supposed i learned to cook like that you know i used to call people and ask them how do you do this how do you do that and that's how i learned you know cooking or even doing laundry i did not know how to like wash my clothes in uh, so i tell you in india when you living alone like in hostel we call it hostels or dorm room you know so there are no laundry services you have to wash your clothes by yourself so by hand you have to wash your clothes so i did not know how to do that because at home we have the laundry machine so you never have to like wash the clothes by yourself but when i was living alone nobody taught me that so i asked them how do you do this how do you do that so i'm really thankful that i had a lot of people i could lean on at that time but uh, but obviously you know the whole the empty spot of my mom that is still there it will still be there that's how me i was growing my sister was growing gradually we were learning things we were falling we were tumbling down we were getting up again and all along we just thought of one thing that you know we have to be strong for our dad we have to do it for the whole one year we were able to keep things right just you know pushing ourselves to go forward with it and since the situation was so bad here covid had still not covid was still there it was still very you know in full fledgedly spreading all across the country situation was pretty bad here but i'm i'm so glad that you know i used to pray that nobody one of us should contract this disease again because if we do i i cannot afford to lose one more person in my family situation was so bad and yeah that's how one year passes and 30th april comes again and i just think that one year had passed and i was still there trying to you know trying to process what had happened she had left i was still there and things were i was still living in my past for every for every little thing i'd go back to my past i'd think about what she must have done or what she would have done and how i can like you know take it back in today's time like in in reality right now and work with it what she would have done back then how can i do it now that is what i used to think every time so for that i we passed the, the time passes my dad finds um my dad finally he was like uh, trying to you know come to terms with the idea of free marriage because he wasn't ready for it but he knew that he had to do it because still my my dad was like he's young he had and of course <laughs> he knew that he's doing a terrible job at being a mom so <laughs> we um 
we supported the decision because we knew that someday we'd leave we'll be by ourselves and he'd be alone at home of course we won't be with him all the time so we understood his needs also and then our needs also so luckily uh, my dad found a match and um, we met the person she was very sweet she's an educator uh she had a daughter and i was really excited for that because uh, she was a pretty same age as me so i thought i thought it would be a good idea for us to live together like after my dad marries her because then we'll be three sisters and uh, it will be nice to have a, you know a person who's the same age as me and living together and it will be a friend and sister combo so i was really excited like okay this doesn't sound so bad and maybe it will be a good idea to put my mind somewhere else and start thinking about something else and stop dwelling on what had happened in the past and about my mom because i knew that you know i had to move forward one day if i keep dwelling on my past maybe i won't be able to go forward in my life because for the past one year i had been doing the same thing i kept thinking about my past i wasted a lot of time doing that i kept going back and forward with the same pain in my heart so i think i thought that maybe you know if we divert to this direction and maybe if i divert my attention to something else put my mind to something else maybe it will be good for all of us so in june last year 2022 my dad got remarried and then we were a family of five people now thinking it now you see that two families coming to live together and that too when i am a grown up kid my sister is a grown up kid and the, the my sister the other sister um her name is samriddhi so she's also she's also 16 uh, she just recently turned 17 so we were all grown up teenagers right so it was pretty difficult for us the idea of living together was good but the reality of living together was a bit difficult because there were a lot of adjustments that had to be made a lot of sacrifices and a lot of things from both of the parts you know from their part also from our part also and the idea of having a step mother you know the society and you know the stereotypes just doesn't go with it you know how bad it is you know people keep telling that step moms are the step moms you know there is a certain stereotype about how a negative character is always of a step mother so that was one thing that kept scaring me that may what will happen or how am i going to you know live with it and what if she you know what if my relationship with my dad um you know deteriorates and declines and it does it is not in a healthy way like it and the bond that we shared might not remain the same now that two other people had also come and they were you know and we all start living together you know i was very apprehensive about it in the beginning i just didn't know what might happen but then you know slowly although we it was very difficult in the beginning it was very difficult you know almost every other day there were arguments and you know but you know as time passed slowly things came things eventually fell into place and i was we all adjusted to it pretty well i am pretty glad i have a younger sister now so i am the middle one and we get along really well she is like my best buddy now we talk about a lot of things and it's really fun living with her and as for um uh, as for the step mother i don't think that she is a step mother she doesn't give that vibe she's really sweet and really caring and really lucky in that matter that i was blessed god blessed us with this um so i call her mom only now so she's really nice and she took care of me and my sister really well although you know i was a bit uh, hesitant to bond with her in that way because obviously the bond that i shared with my mom cannot be reestablished with anyone now so again i was a bit apprehensive about it that how would she take me would she will she accept me or will i be able to accept her at my mom's place and i uh, i'd be lying if i say that i had i like fully i have fully accepted her as my mother 
but yes she is definitely very close to a mother figure she took care of me she still takes care of me you know and she and i can tell that she is trying her best to uh, be a mother to me because she knows that obviously that bond cannot be reestablished what i had with my mom but at least we are trying to build a new relationship and you know just working with it, a mother daughter relationship where you're trying to build things from the scratch since it since this is not a bond that we had from a very long time it's just been in not not even an year you know but we're trying to build things and i am just glad that i have someone you know whom i can go to now and talk about what i am facing or what i am going through because i did not have that for one whole year i have struggled with not being able to talk about my problems although right now also it is very difficult for me to go and speak about my problems since the bond you know and i feel very hesitant but we are working on that so i'm pretty glad that this happened you know my dad remarried and i don't know i mean she i can tell that she is trying her best and all you know i think she understands what being a mother means so her trying to accept me and my sister and then my dad trying to accept my little sister younger one is you know it's like everybody is trying to come together forgetting their past although um it's like you know my stepmom she hasn't had a very good past as well so you know her trying to come you know pull herself out of the past and the grief that she has faced the problems that she has faced in the past you know being a single mother raising her daughter alone and then coming and living with us and all of us coming together to form a family so yeah it has been difficult but i am pretty glad that things are working in our favor now and like we slowly growing although there were times and there are still times when i think that you know if my mom would have been here it would have been a lot better things would have gone pretty smoothly and all the things that i faced would have been better and you know like i would have been able to live like a normal person like my friends are living like everybody around me is living with their parents i really wish that would have been the case with me as well but unfortunately that wasn't the case and i had to go to, through a lot of things which my friends haven't even you know they haven't even like they don't even know it and i'm so glad i just hope that nobody nobody has to feel what i went through and the pain that a person with without a mom goes through this place is really bad i just hope that nobody has to come here nobody has to face what i had to face but yes i i want i was so jealous of them you know so jealous of them but now it was i don't know that's what the universe wanted that's what my life wanted the destiny wanted so yeah i just hope that wherever she is my mom she's happy looking over us and away from all the pain she had a pretty rough childhood and a pretty rough life so i hope that she is happy now wherever she is yes wow wow well you certainly have gone through a lot in uh, almost 2 years it'll be 2 years soon but that's that's a lot in a very short amount of time um there were two things that i wanted to just um share an observation with you the thing about that your dad does not do a good job of being a mother that's exactly true they just men and women are different we process things different i heard something one time that um they said that a woman's brain is like spaghetti and everything touches and all the memories are intertwined and and touch each other where men's brains are like an ice cube tray with the little squares 
and they put something in the tray and they talk about that and they deal with it. And then we're done when they're done with that, they move on and there's no intertwined touching, you know, all of the things that, <clears throat> that we tend to do. So, um, I finally, like one time said to my husband, I said, you know, because they are men like to fix things and make things better and take care of you and make things better. And I said, I just need you to listen. I just need you to listen. I don't want you to fix it. I don't need you to say anything. I just want you to listen. So maybe as you and your dad continue to grow in your relationship, you can teach him, you know, help him learn about a woman's spaghetti brain and say, I don't need you to fix it, dad. I just need you to listen, you know. That's right. I mean, I told him that I don't have a solution. That is why I am here talking about this. I don't have a solution and I am not telling you to, you know, uh, solve this for me. I just want you to listen. I just want you to, you know, listen, be a good listener. Just listen to me. That's mm -hmm. what I want. Yeah. You know, we've had this conversation so many times. I just hope that, you know, he can learn about the spaghetti brain and, you know, be a good listener. Men, I have, I have noticed this thing. Men are very in very less cases i've seen men being good listeners they're always the one doing the talking thing and it's us who's listening i just said that for one he could listen mm -hmm. listen to what i have to say yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> it's definitely a learning process and i have a lot more years of experience on you with that um but it's just something to think about you know something that you and your your dad can connect on maybe you know, maybe not. <laughs> maybe he'll say, forget it. <laughs> um, the other thing I found interesting. So uh, you were saying, you know, when people say, oh, you have to be strong and time heals, you know, time heals all wounds. And all so we call those platitudes. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it's, it's all those things that people say that are intended to make you feel better, but that they really don't when you're deep, you know, in that, in that very hard part of grief. Um, and so I just find it interesting that across, you know, different cultures that we all, not we all, but a lot of people have the same reaction to those things that are intended to make you feel better, but they really don't. They really don't. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They really don't. It doesn't help, you know. I know that, you know, as a, uh, I can understand where they're coming from and they just want me to feel better and to do that part of making me feel better, but it doesn't help. It is there, it's just thinking that no, nothing heals. You know, that pain is going to be there. You you have you are going to learn how to live with it, but it will never fully leave you. Right. Right. Because you said that you you were used the word as an irreversible um, situation, right? Is that the word that you said? It's not, it's not not something that can be fixed or something that's going to be changed. It's not, not um, ever going to be the same again. So to think that time is going to heal it, it might change it from an open wound to a scar, I like to say sometimes, but you're going to have that scar for the rest of your life. For the rest because, of your life, that is so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I usually try to wrap up the podcast if there's a final thought you want to share or something you want to say to the listeners today before we say goodbye. Um, I think the thing I want to tell everyone is that um, if you are dealing with a pain like this where you don't have someone who you did, all I want to say is, you know, that Make them your power, not your weakness. Don't dwell on it and stay in your past. Move forward with it. The pain is going to be there. It won't leave you. But, you know, learn to live with it and take it in a positive way. Move forward with it. Live for that person. Don't die for them. Live for them. That's pretty remarkable for an 18-year-old, right? You're 18 now? Yeah, yeah, I'm 18. Wow, that's remarkable. That's very good advice. Very good advice. Well, thank you so much for being here in the middle of the night there in India and sharing your story with us. I really, really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you. I mean, I, this podcast is a big experience for me. I mean, 
have never done anything like this before so it is a big step for me and you know speaking about this thing you know this certain big chapter of my life mm-hmm. which is an never ending thing i just feel really happy to be able to talk about it here i think i may have gone off track and you know <laughs> may have may have blabbered a lot in between i'm so sorry for that no it's all part of your story and it all is important so thank you so much for being here If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.